Hello, and welcome to the Cocktails and Conversation podcast. I'm Dana Marie Rockmore, the founder of the Dinner Party Project and co-founder of The Welcome House. I'll be inviting intriguing guests over to my home to chat about some of my favorite things, cocktails, story, the Enneagram, and rest. This episode of Cocktails and Conversation is brought to you by The Dinner Party Project. The Dinner Party Project is all about connecting humans around the dinner table. Right now, we are mostly based in Orlando, Florida. Whether it's joining seven strangers in an intimate setting around a dinner table or sitting in the street of Orange Avenue with 100 others watching flamethrowers, we love helping people feel connected to others and their city. We also offer private parties, so if you have a birthday, anniversary, team building dinner, or corporate event coming up, we can create a custom memorable event that you and your guests won't soon forget. We also help brands connect with their consumers by exposing their product in an elevated way to their target demographic. So if you live in the Orlando area and haven't joined us yet, what are you waiting for? We can't wait to hear your story around the dinner table. For more information, you can visit us at thedinnerpartyproject.co. So today's cocktail is so good. It's pretty boozy. So just so you know... But if you want to make it, uh, here's how you can do so. You can take some fresh pineapple, and I cut it up into very, very small chunks, almost like the size of like a sugar cube. And so then I put that in some Tito's vodka, and I let that sit for, I think, about like eight hours. I just put it in the fridge and let it um, let all that pineapple juice just soak into the vodka. Um and then I save that pineapple for later, so wait for it. But um, I would take two ounces of the pineapple-infused Tito's um, into a shaker, and then one ounce of sake, uh, a half ounce of simple syrup, one ounce of lemon juice. Shake that up really great with ice. Pour um, I would pour into a rocks glass over ice and top it off with tonic water. Then, pro tip, you can use the pineapple that you used as a garnish or just as a treat, but you can eat them, and they're also boozy and also really, really good. So, um, it it doesn't really have a name, but it's great. Pineapple, sake flavor, pretty strong and delicious. So, I enjoyed sharing this with my guest today, which is uh, Katie Johnston. Um, who has become a really great friend over the years who I met through the Dinner Party Project. She came very early on and kind of, we hit it off and the rest is history and she has such a passion for the city and she's really like the woman in the know for Orlando and she's now running Pulp Town and um, loves researching things what's happening and and write great writing and keeping people informed about what's going down in Orlando. So I'm excited to share with you all about her story and I hope that you will enjoy. Hey, Katie. Jay. <laughs> Welcome to Cocktails and Conversations. <laughs> Salud. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Always. This is so excited to sit down with a very cherished friend and chat about all the things that have been in your life and brought you to Orlando and 
favorite drinks and all the things. Mm -hmm. So tonight we are sipping on, which I hope you are enjoying. Mm -hmm. um, great just indeed. great. Okay, just something I kind of made up and was testing out for dinner parties and. So it's Tito's that I infused with fresh cut pineapples, like I said, and then there's some sake in there and a little bit of simple syrup, a little bit of lemon juice, and then topped off with some tonic water. And I think it's pretty tasty. Uh -huh. Yeah. And there's definitely some sake in there. There's definitely sake <laughs> in there. It's pretty it's pretty um pretty wild. Yeah. Pretty pretty solid boozy. But you know, like we're gonna be here for a while. Yeah. No one's going anywhere. So yeah. why not? Yeah. Yeah. I'm in. Mm-hmm. So as you know of me, cocktails is one of my favorite things. Mm -hmm. And I know that you have been in the bar scene in this city for a long time. So I would love to know from you. Um, one, if you have a favorite drink or if you have like a go-to, like when you're out and about, like, is there something that you're just like every single time, no matter where I am, I will, I will get this drink and I'll know that I'll love it. Mm -hmm. What is like a go-to drink for you? So what's funny is that while I was in the bar scene for a long time, um, I have learned that the older I've gotten, the harder these cocktails hit me. And so Fair enough. Um, I typically, I'm safer with wine, and so I typically will order like a red wine or either a beer um, okay. if I'm out during the day. And then if I'm going to get a cocktail, I'm not afraid to experiment as long as I know to cut myself off, which I need to do after like two of them because other cocktails are, will hurt me the next day. For yeah, time. two two is a good a good number. <laughs> to, right? So at the guest house, I like the Army-Navy because I think you Same. introduced me to, to it. Yeah, it's my my every time drink there. Yep, mm -hmm. that one's great, but two in and I and that's all I need. Okay. Um, and then, but my overall, my first like go-to would be from uh like Luma and Prado, they serve mm. that white linen-ish drink. So anything with like elderflower and gin or okay. whatever is my favorite. I think it's very brisk, refreshing, light. You can just drink it. Okay. It's pretty casual. And then all of a sudden you don't even realize that you're drinking alcohol. Right. And then you Four drinks later. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Where's my Uber? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That is um, really fun. So Kay uh, mm -hmm. Rollins, who I've had on this podcast, Podcast. She actually mentioned that one of her go-tos was the white linen at Luma. And I was like, wow, all right. So maybe I have to go get this drink. Oh, it's tasty. And they call it, I think, something different at uh, when you order at Prado because they're sister restaurants. You can just say, hey, can I get the white linen there? They have it under something else in the restaurant. Fair maybe, enough. Okay. Good to know. That sounds, that sounds pretty good. Mm -hmm. I'd love anything with elderflower, really. Yep. It's a very easy easy drink for me to consume a Bud Light girl or a red wine really a yeah. Bud Light Bud Light or a red wine okay <laughs> really is a Bud Light the Alabama like drink of choice or uh, just <laughs> no I didn't really drink in Alabama okay it's like I didn't start really drinking and I didn't, I didn't like beer until I moved here and it was right it'll show my age but years ago is when beer pong came out and it was like right when I moved to Orlando about 13 years ago. And I think that was like my first, like, I can drink more than one McUltra at a bar, you know? And so we would have. So you like got yeah. into tasting beers, but really your favorite is still a Bud Light. Just, just the safest. But... Safest, okay. Mm -hmm. Just a go to. This is great. My parents will be so proud of this so far. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're subscribed to this. <laughs> so it's gonna... 
They're going to learn so much about you tonight, as will I and the rest of our audience, whoever's out there listening. Could you also give us, I know that you might have hit on them as well, but maybe not. Anyway, if you could give us maybe your top three places to go for a drink in in Orlando. For a cocktail? Or a cocktail or just a drink in general. Hmm. Dear Bud Light. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, man. I mean, I feel like my basic go-to typical answers will be the guest house. Um, I, I really do enjoy dancing and drinking at Little Indies. Um, Same. And probably Stardust Lounge downtown. Um, ah, mm-hmm. okay. So those are, and I don't know that I necessarily get a cocktail at Stardust. Like, again, it's like one of those nights where I just feel like dancing. And if I feel like dancing, I probably should feel like drinking. So I have the courage to dance. How's that? <laughs> so it works out. Oh, my gosh. Um, so those would be the three maybe places. And then yeah. aside from that, I don't know. I think that's about that covers it. Those are, those are some good, very diverse mm-hmm. spots around town. I, I'm just thinking of... All the, yeah, all the many of times I have been to all those many places, and they're pretty great and have evolved over the years in so many ways. Um, so I wanted to start people out with the way that we first met, which was through the Dinner Party Project. Yep. That's how I first met you, mm-hmm. which feels like ages ago, such a long time. Um, I had just started, and I had, don't know how you found out about this, but I had not known you previously, and then you had showed up at a dinner party at Brookhaven, mm-hmm. which we had that space over on Virginia for a long time, which I just absolutely loved. And you were at a dinner party, and I was like, well, I have to keep this girl. <laughs> so, like, there's no there's no question there. Um, it must have been the cocktails I had that night. <laughs> must have been the cocktails, right? Yeah. All right, fair enough. Um, so, yeah, I've known you for a long time since almost the very beginning of Dinner Party Project, mm-hmm. which has been crazy. Which is over four years ago. Though, right? Over four years. Yeah. Yep. We're coming up on five years right. this October-ish. August. Mm-hmm. August. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So, coming up, which is totally nuts. Um... So thank you for believing in the dinner, the dinner Party Project and, and me and all the things that have happened in those four years. So mm-hmm. cheers welcome. again to just being in my life and since that time. So I am excited to talk about story because I think there's so much that is um, so interesting that so much happens to us, especially like in our formative years, like as we're growing up, our family of origin, all the things that we kind of don't have control over us in life and how that shapes us and frames us to the people that we kind of grow up into. And then as adults, we get to choose more of what we do with um, how we've seen the world so far and then make choices and then growing up even more into the people that we are. But I would love to know a little bit about you and just your family of origin and what it was like growing up in your household and what your parents were like and maybe where you were in the birth order okay and what that vibe was like in your family and where you're from okay um i can give you all of that information let's hear it um so i am i guess a middle child ish only because i'm also a twin but i was born first of the twins okay so that kind of makes me a middle child i have um an older sister and then a twin brother and then i also have a, 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 my stepsister as well who's also my sister um 
but my sisters were four years older and um, I, my brother and I, I mean, again, I think I came like 40 minutes before him. Um, so yeah, so I'm considered the middle child, but really technically I don't know that I am. Fair enough. So did you grow up with your younger sister? Younger sister. I don't have a younger sister. Or you don't have like (laughs) a, like a half sister? No. You don't? No. Oh, it's the, just the three of you. Four. So there's four. It's my my stepsister, my sister, and then my brother and I. Right. I mean, your stepsister is younger than you, right? No, she's four she's years old. older. She's the same age as my sister. And then your real sister is younger than you? Nope. Nope. Okay. Both of them are the same age. They're four years older than me. Oh, both of them. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Got yeah. it. Both sister and stepsister are yep. four years older, and then you and Kyle are yep. twins. Pretty much the same age, yep. right? I'm older by 40 minutes. Right. So, yeah, so, um, <clears throat> joke a lot about how, like, growing up, how I do have some middle child tendencies, I guess, um, which I don't really remember now what they were, but that's what my aunts always told me. They told me I was more like the middle sister and, like, all these other things, too. Okay. Um, so anyway, so I was typically, uh, I tried to be the peacemaker. Um, I had a pretty good relationship. Like growing up, my sisters would, you know, do things that older sisters would do, like record me when I'm singing in the shower and play it back for me later and like really embarrass me. Um, Fun. Yep. Yeah. And then when, you know, my sister Christy, whenever she was like, we would play school, she was the teacher and she was super like... You know, I was one that was probably always being problematic and a trouble. Some like I was always nice and, and whatever. Were you like playing that part, or were you really actually? No, I think the I typically feisty. would always do things that she didn't necessarily want me to do either. <laughs> so so yeah, um, and yeah. So grew up small town Alabama. Um, my parents were separated early on, and uh, had I spent half the time at my dad's and half the time at my mom's. Um, and I call my stepmom Big Mama. So my dad and my Big Mama is where I spent weekends, and I'd be with my mom during the week. Um, and yeah, small town, Alabama. Yeah. Twin, older sister. What else do you need to know about my origin, family of origin? Yeah, no, that's good. Okay. What was Katie like in middle school, high oh, school man. era? That's funny. So yeah. um, my brother and I are also Gemini. So. Um, I think that I carry all those traits that they say Gemini's carry, I guess. So I feel like you're always kind of two people. And in middle school and high school, I was definitely like, I am super reserved, quiet and nervous at the same time. I'm super confident and like outgoing too, and an extrovert. So I'm equally like both of those people. So I'm not really sure like in high school and and middle school, it kind of went back and forth. I would have peaks where I was like outgoing and fun, and then I would have other times where I was super self-conscious about things. And I don't know, but I was in like I was on the math team. I was in. You were in the math team. I was on the math what? team. I was super proud of it. Yes. Um, in the beta club, as you, I, as you should be. Beta club, SGA. Um, I think I was SGA vice president, and all those like things that you did. And then I was a cheerleader, ran track. And uh, was also like in like the FFA, like I was in all kinds of different things. I didn't really know. Are you still thinking about being a FFA? (laughs) (laughs) No. No. (laughs) No. Sure. Yeah, I'm good. Okay. (laughs) But you learned all the skills that you needed to know. Yeah, like you could plant a garden and work with animals and build a socket in like a electricity socket. From FFA? Those are some of the things I learned. It was like ag and FFA together. We did like an uh, agriculture and an FFA class together. Okay. 
Okay, fair enough. Yeah. All right. It was a small town. Sure. <laughs> I mean, a couple of everyone's got to prepare for their future, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Couldn't do any of those things now, but back then I did. Fair enough. Okay. Mm -hmm. So were you, like, were you one to be more reserved yourself? Did you love being around people? Did you want to, like connect people did you want to just like were you at home on weekends like what was katie's like vibe in like, i think that if you were to ask my friends whom i'm still friends with several of those people right they're like been with my friends since i was like five years old right so i think if you were to ask them they would say that the katie that they remember is super was like super outgoing and fun and just friends with everybody and all of that okay so i so very much so also remember uh, Katie was kind of reserved because I have like all these books where I would write notes and like all these things too So it's funny because I exude this confidence But mm -hmm. there was definitely something that I wasn't super confident about when I was younger So I don't really remember which one I was more off than not. Yeah, but I was definitely a balance of both a balance of both mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. well wow. You think anybody's gonna care about me so much? Say what? <laughs> As they're listening to this, they'll be like Okay, you sound just as confused now as you did <laughs> That's then. Not true, <laughs> but I think that it, I think those years are so formative. And like I think in middle school, like I was trying to figure out like who I was, and like my body is changing, my mind is changing, and I was just in this like fluctuating pattern of like how do I establish myself like in these social circles? Like how do I how am I figuring out like who I am? Um, like w what is the pattern of like who I want to be and what I'm okay with and I mean it's just I think those years are so interesting and hard and crazy mm -hmm. and you come out the other end of it hopefully still alive yeah and then kind of charge through into your young adult years yeah mm -hmm. yeah we definitely had like some groups like mean girls like like just I lately I've really been thinking about like high school and like college and how you see all these kids like being bullied and like the way that they are responding to it and some of the awful things that are happening hmm. and it reminds me of like me as a kid too you know and I think back to all of that but I mean I don't know I I don't know it's just I don't know I just I was two people and and I wish I'm like I, I know looking back now like how hard it was um like we just recently watched like Dear Evan Hansen you know like it's another show that's all or the Broadway musical that's about this kid in high school and like looking at all the things you go through and, I, and after I saw it I was like man you know what like I always thought high school was fun and easy and all of that but then when I went back and watched that it, were, it triggered other memories that I had forgotten or suppressed when I was a kid mm -hmm. and it's like man things weren't always sunshine and ice cream and unicorns and bubblegum chew when you signed up for baseball you know like it wasn't for sure. great so mm. so yeah yeah, I am very glad that um, social media was not around when I personally was in middle school and high school, and I have no idea about how kids do it now and the, the crazy amount of pressure and the crazy amount of, um, I mean, that you can have this stuff live on the internet for forever when you're that young and mm -hmm. just like the wisdom that you would have or not have of what you're like sharing and posting and the amount of, like, I remember when we could, you could, I mean, it was high school, you could, you know, like, aim chat somebody, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. that that amount of communication was novel when I was, you know, 15, 16. But now the amount of access that people have to your life, you know, into everything. Yeah. And for at that young of an age, I'm like, good Lord, I'm so glad I wasn't in seventh grade with 
Snapchat, you know, like yeah. it's just, I don't, it's, it's a lot to be exposed at that young of an age. Exposed all the time. All the time. Like, cause at least when it happened for us, you know, like, I mean, you weren't around your friends all the time. You had to, you had, we had curfews. You had, I could be like on, I could be on like my computer at home for what, like maybe an hour. Right. I mean, maybe an hour. Right? And you know, before even like call waiting or whatever, you know? And so it's yeah. like, you can only be on the phone for a certain amount of time or your parents would always like intercept, like intercept your phone calls. And, and so now like you, you don't get to have that same amount of control. Like it's just kind of like free fall. You right. Know? Like you can just I know. Have access all the time to anyone, which is crazy to me. It is a lot. Mm-hmm. It's even enough for me as an adult, so yeah. I'm barely an adult. <laughs> yeah. Um, so along with story and things that kind of like happened to you or things that you have kind of um, placed yourself in in life and tra- the trajectory that life has given you, has there ever been a moment in life that felt like um, pretty devastating to you? And how did you kind of pick yourself up off the floor from that and keep on going and like what was the motivation for like going through like a hard time um I don't know how much I want to say um so I mean so at a young age I I think the one of the biggest devastating and like like when I really kind of turned my life around was when I was transitioning from high school to college. And at the time I had a boyfriend in high school that was like every parent's worst nightmare. Hmm. And uh, he was an awful, awful human being and young, dumb, and all the other excuses we give people that do dumb things. But um, I think that for me, it was like a really, like when I finally was able to go to college and get away from all these things that were happening like in my small town and with this boyfriend and where I thought that it was okay to yell or scream or like all these like crazy things, I really sound depressed and I swear I'm not depressed, (laughs) but all these things I'm talking about are are heavy stuff. But anyway, and so when I went to college, I think it was a pivotal moment for me to know that like what I expect from other people and Mm -hmm. what I know that I don't need to put up with and things. And so that was one really big place where I feel like I, I took a really big turn. Um, and then another time would be like more recent, obviously when my current fiance had had some heart issues and, Mm -hmm. and, uh, we spent several months in the hospital and, and he had a very like bleak outlook and then turned around and now here we are three Three years years later. later. Yeah. Yeah. Three years later and he's doing much better and we're fine. But even for that, it was definitely like a sucker punch. And I think just another reminder. So for me in high school to college, it was a reminder that like, I mean, you can change your life. And then now it's like a reminder even more so of like, you only get one life. And so you have to make Mm. the most of it. So I've always felt that pressure. And then when that happened again to me as an adult, where something like really big happened to me, it further impressed upon me that like, you got to quit what you don't love and you got to make the most of it. And you get one time to do it. And so they always say it's not a dress rehearsal. And so, yeah. Right. So, So that's two times where I had to pick myself up by the bootstraps or whatever you call it because even when I was in high school it wasn't something that I shared publicly so not a lot of people knew what was happening and so that was something I kind of had to do on my own and then Hmm. this past thing too I felt a little alone sometimes even though I had some support of some good friends so right Mm -hmm. yeah yeah thanks for sharing that was good yeah um a happier time yeah so kind of next question is kind of 
the 180 of that, but um, has there been times in your adult life that you have, has there ever been kind of like a seminal or like a pivotal moment that you felt like, that you felt a lot of pride in of something that you have accomplished or set out to do and you did it? Hmm. Um, I wish I had been prepped for these questions. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess as an adult, some of the things that um, I guess I'm proud of. Hmm. Um, a few years ago, I, like almost 10 years ago now, I kind of quit my corporate job or actually was let go from my corporate job because I asked if I could have three weeks off to travel to Australia with my friends. And that was my first big trip because I was deathly afraid of flying. And then, um, met some, had some awesome girlfriends in my life at the time who were traveling and then met some friends that were traveling and and uh, encouraged me to travel. And so I put in my notice to corporate, my corporate job that was like, hey, I'm gonna take off for three weeks. Uh -huh. And they were like, well, you only have two weeks of vacation. And I was like, well, just, you know, don't pay me for that third week. And I guess that's not the way things work. <laughs> and so they told me to, you know, kick sand. And so I went to Australia anyway. And I was really proud of that because I, even though I, there was something I was really deathly afraid of, I decided not to let it keep me from living. And so that mm. began my traveling. And so now every year I try to go someplace that I haven't been before or, you know, do things that scare me and like all of that. So I've been doing that now for the last almost 10 years. So I was really proud wow. of Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. What have been like a couple of the top places that you've gone that you have loved the most from all your 10 years of traveling? Um, this is always a hard question too, but I would say, I guess Australia because it was the first mm -hmm. and uh, there's some like, like just beautiful scenes. Did you go to Sydney? I did. You did? Okay. Yeah. Yep. And um, I love Sydney so much. Yeah. It's the best. Yeah. I loved it. Um, so, so Australia and then probably, uh, Ireland, I've been to twice mm -hmm. um, for different experiences, and I loved them both. You just went? I did about like four years ago now. Okay. Yeah, I just oh, went you to went to Scotland. Scotland. Or I just went to Scotland. Mm -hmm. Okay, Scotland, not Ireland. Okay. Yeah. And then I guess my third would be Italy. Mm. So that was like right in that eat, pray, love moment. Fair enough. <laughs> I mean, yeah. even if it's not in that moment, any time really is a good time to go to Italy. Yeah, it yeah. was. It's pretty pretty incredible. Mm -hmm. Yep. Eat all the things. Eat all the things. Yep, drink all the wine. Yep. Well, yep, for you. Yeah, not for you. <laughs> not as My much. My non-wine drinker. I wish I could enjoy it more, but I sadly just doesn't connect with me mostly. Yeah. Yeah. It grew on me. But I try. Yeah. It grew on you. That's good. Yeah, I kind of like beer did too. I mean, yeah. I've tried, but it's never really latched on. Mm -hmm. So I think with all this traveling, for me, this brings me to the next subject, which is one of my favorites, which is the Enneagram. Ooh. Yes. We're just, we're just debating on what I am. <laughs> we are, which we can chat through that. And really, obviously, you get the final say of what you think that you're, um, how you, I think the Enneagram, in case you don't know about it, is uh, kind of like a map of like different personality types. Um, so it kind of helps you to show the full scope, I think, of, I think, how we're intrinsically created and um, gives you parameters, I think, for awareness for yourself. For me, it's been very helpful for, like, understanding myself and then understanding the world around me and how do I interact well with other people. And I think... 
I feel that we are created so differently. Human beings can be created so differently, right? Mm -hmm. Two people can look at the same situation and come away with two very, very different reactions and very different feelings Mm -hmm. in their body. And so how I interpret things is not always how other people interpret things. So anyway, the Enneagram has been helpful in that way. And there's like nine different personality types in case you don't know what the Enneagram is. (laughs) And it really kind of helps to show you, enlighten you to your strengths and maybe to your weaknesses or your your blind spots. And with the intention of helping you to know yourself better so that you can work towards health, right? And be the best version of who you are intrinsically created to be, which I have found super interesting. So I am excited to chat with you about this because I think that you have such an amazing personality and doing a lot of things and all the things that you love to do in the city and travel and around the world. And so if I were to guess, do you want me to go first or do you yes. want to go? Yeah. Okay. Um, so I would say that you are a seven with an eight wing, mm-hmm. which the seven is the enthusiast. Mm-hmm. So busy fun-loving, just correct me if I'm wrong, okay, (laughs) spontaneous, versatile, distractible, and scattered, Mm -hmm. and then your wing. Definitely those latter two. (laughs) Definitely all of these. Um, The eight, which I'm very familiar with, as that is my primary number, which is um, the challenger, which is the powerful, um, self-confident, divisive, willful, and confrontational. So when I see you, I like see so much of your life exuberance in doing all the things like you want to travel, you want to taste all the things, you want to go to this play, you want to um, connect with this person, you want to know what's new in the city, like you have such a um, desire to be in the know and to know and to connect and to enjoy life to its fullest. Like when I think of somebody who is like doing the things, getting out there, you want to squeeze like every last drop out of life. That feels to me like a seven. Mm -hmm. And so when I think of a seven, I think of you and you know, some of our friends as well. And then you also have, I think that like a really strong, sense of self and with that a strong sense of you know like wanting justice and wanting fairness and truth and not just letting things lie with you know if somebody says something you're like well you know I don't know if that's exactly true or I think that there might be a better way to look at this spoken from experience <laughs> spoken from experience um which I understand as well mm-hmm. as far as like being an aide and saying like yeah, if there's a better way, let's not just like let things lie the way they are, but let's challenge the system because it doesn't have to stay, you know, like the world doesn't have to stay in the way that it is, but there could be more out there or there, there could be a better truth, whether it's for a person or whether it's for kind of truth in life in general. So as you may know or may not know at all, cocktails are kind of my thing. At the end of a long day or any day really, crafting a drink, whether it's simple or more complex, I really look forward to a delicious cocktail. Plus it makes all conversations better. Tito's Handmade Vodka is always a go-to for me. It's the perfect thing to have on hand to make just about any cocktail. That is what I love about Tito's. It's so versatile. Anything from a Moscow Mule to an elderflower martini to a white Russian. Plus, Tito's Handmade Vodka has won a million awards, but for real. 
It's been distilled six times and won the SF World Spirit Championship. So the next time you are looking for an incredibly drinkable cocktail, pick up some Tito's Handmade Vodka. Plus, you should head over to titosvodka.com to read up more about their story and pick up some delightful recipes. So that would be my guess as far as... a argument for, for why those things. <laughs> I believe you. <laughs> so in your... <coughs> excuse me. In your exploration of the Enneagram, mm-hmm. where do you feel like you land in this, um, in the diagram of the Enneagram? So, yes, I think, because I think you and our friend Dina have both told me that they think that I, you guys think I am a seven. Uh-huh. And when I took it, it said that I was a two. Mm-hmm. And you told me I can't be a two-wing seven. I can only be a two-wing three or a two-wing one. Right. So I'm not sure because the two is the helper. Um, and it says they uh, feel they are worthy insofar as they are helpful to others. Love is their highest ideal. Selflessness is their duty. And giving to others is their reason for being. Involved, socially aware, usually extroverted. Two's the type of people who remembers everyone's birthday. I never do that. Okay. Um, and who go the extra mile to help out. So, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. All right. I kind of have to take the Enneagram a few more times because I think, yeah, your, your argument for sevens wing eight definitely is nail on the head. So right. So, I'm not sure. So, either I'm a two wing one or a two wing three according to two results I've gotten. Okay. Or I'm a seven wing eight and had no idea. <laughs> so, I would suggest also to read through all the nine and get a feel of maybe which one you naturally respond to because mm-hmm. I took the test as well and I tested as a seven. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay. I was like, I don't know if I, I don't know if that really resounds with me but I was like I guess I took the test and you know I paid for it and did the whole thing and then a friend of mine who's a therapist was like oh no you're de- you're definitely an eight <laughs> and I was like oh what if I don't want to be an eight <laughs> and so I read it and I was like oh uh, yeah Stefan <laughs> uh he was like oh well you might want to rethink that so I I read the eight and I was like holy moly did they write this about me were they yeah. in the room with me I mean do they know me and I was just reading through these things, and it really felt like I resonated with, like, the ways that they were giving parameters to I, what I feel like is my personality and how mm-hmm. I, I intercept the world. And so I think maybe also think about what you um, identify with as, like, maybe more of, like, what you naturally respond to in that way. Like, just reading the descriptions, not... Reading the descriptions and kind of almost, like, self-identifying. And then also, like... It is maybe asking like some friends to be um, like, hey, what do you, you know, what do you think of Mm -hmm. me? And you know me well. So as you read through these things, like, what do you see me fitting into? And maybe two of, maybe your closer friends? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't want to like, you know, (laughs) infer that you know me better. Right. (laughs) No, I mean, between, I mean, there's two people that you know well that have said, um, along those lines, but, um, I was, it was actually thinking of BJ, my brother who, cause I was thinking is he a two or a seven along those lines and maybe on which one he was mm-hmm. too. Yeah. So I think some of those, those two, like your personalities are, you know, somewhat along the same lines and, and, um, 
which yeah makes a lot of a lot of sense <laughs> in that in that way because like you do love helping people mm-hmm. and and I think that you at the core also really love um, I think that comes along with you just loving life and like wanting to get every minute out of like spend every dollar to go on vacation, right? And you yeah. know, right. Do they say that these things you're born with it or you're developed or you know like turn into this person? I think uh, one that's a good question, <laughs> and then two, um, I think that you're kind of intrinsically born with some inklings of these things, and then I think life shapes you into a lot of these things. So I'm an oldest child, right? Uh, oldest kid, and I'm a girl, and so like I had to like fight my way, you know, fighting against you know my parents. You know, were telling me, well, like you can't do that. Oh, really? Okay, well, watch <laughs> me, right? Like. I think some of that, like, as you make your way through the world, you find out. I think some people are, are naturally more introverted, right? And mm-hmm. so no matter what happened in life, I think their more retreat is, like, they're renewed more by being themselves. Other people have to be around people or they'll shrivel up and die. And so some of that, I think, is intrinsically a part of you. And then I think that part of life also shapes you into... Yeah. Yeah. Like, further solidifies which direction you're going. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And then, I think that you mostly, I mean, I don't know, I'm not the, the expert, I don't know that you can't change, but I think as an adult, you kind of really have settled into who you are and the patterns that you are going to make in your life and the person that you're going to be. Mm-hmm. But I have talked way too much. Okay. Um, so do you like, even with kind of knowing these things, like how has maybe the self-awareness of maybe who you are and how your personality is constructed? Like, how do you feel like that that has maybe impacted like your personal and our professional life? Um, so I mean, I think that I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't feel so conflicted about who I am as a person right now. Like, am I a two? Am I a seven? I don't know. Um, but I think that I definitely, um, am a helper in the sense that I do want to always see other people succeed and I'm willing to sacrifice like whatever I'm doing to see other people lift other people up sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I think that that can also hurt me at, at times. Like, whereas I think I'm, being helpful, I'm like kind of pouring everything out and I don't pour a lot in. Um, but then also, what's a seven again? The enthusiast. Yeah. Yeah. So then maybe that's a healthier version of a two helper. I don't really know. Um, but I also like for me, I think that it's all, I've always been, my dad's always told me I'm an old soul. Hmm. And I, again, I've always thought about the fact that life is so finite. And so for me, it's just like, gotta be friends with everybody, gotta be nice to people, it's most important to be kind than it is to be, like, anything else, and that, and that's been, like, me, my, pretty much my whole life, Mm -hmm. and, um, and I don't know where the challenging people comes from, but I definitely do do that, and Mm -hmm. my friends will tell you that my middle name should be Devil's Advocate, because I often sit more as a Devil's Advocate than I do as even myself, and that's hard to convey to someone to say, like, I'm not saying I believe this, I'm just saying let's look at it from this side. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people don't, your friends sometimes don't want to look at it from another side, they just want you to say, like, just I'm here for me. you, yeah. Right, and like, I don't know how to shut up and not do that. Instead, it's like, but, mm. or they did this, or mm-hmm. like, whatever, you know? And so oftentimes that can be um, misconstrued or 
not conveyed correctly and I feel like sometimes it might hurt people and I'm like I'm not trying to be hurtful and I'm not saying that I believe this but I just am challenging you to look at it in a different perspective and it's not always necessary so I'm pretty headstrong and I don't know where I got it from but probably I think maybe my grandparents but but yeah so anyway so yeah yeah I I it also comes across professionally that like personally it comes across with friendship but Professionally, I think too. I mean, in my job now, I think that I am. I touch on all those things too. You can you can hear it and see it through mm-hmm. some of the things that I put out there. So sure. I think people can can see that about me too. Yeah, mm-hmm. agreed. Mm-hmm. So I think I might be right on that one, but you're <laughs> <laughs> <Just> right. <laughs> Um, I do want to say that I, I really believe that you are such a, an amazing champion of this city and um, you really work tirelessly to get the word out on everything that is happening happening in Orlando. Um, and you do so much to promote like all the people in Orlando that are doing amazing things in the city. So I just wanted to take the time to say thank you so much for all that you're doing for Orlando and for me and um, you know, people are working really hard to make this city of Orlando into something that's has been so beautiful to watch and evolve over the past few years. And to be able to have outlets like what you're doing, and you know, Bungalower and other other people in the city that are that are champion champion champion. Nope. Okay. So <laughs> that are like. <laughs> That are valuing and getting the word out because if people don't know, they can't show up and they can't participate, right? So we need outlets that um, support our city in beautiful ways. But I would love for you to be able to share a little bit, actually a brief glimpse into what you do, what your role is, like what you have done for the past year plus. For Poltown? Yeah. Okay, I'm playing Poltown. You're right. <laughs> All right. Um, so... Um, with Pulp Town, which is the, which you know all about this, but I'm telling everybody here, I guess. Sure. Everybody listening. So, um, it's a daily newsletter right now that goes out about things happening in Central Florida. People to know, um, challenges and issues that we face. Um, and it's all, again, like in a format of a daily newsletter, it's basically like your cheat sheet to the city for that day. And so in it, there will be one probably bigger story highlighting, again, somebody in the community or a business or um, just something happening or what have you. So so highlighting that and then uh, we'll kind of uh, pull in the news from other sources, including like Bangalore, The Sentinel, Weekly, mm-hmm. anywhere, honestly, that includes news about Orlando and Central Florida and take that and kind of like put it in like one sentence or less and or two sentences or less um, and then put together a calendar of events. And so as the director, I'm the one who's actually writing the newsletter. And, I, and I've been here since day one, which I, um, we have a parent company in Miami called Where By Us. And they are a media startup company who first started a little over four, four years ago with our sister publication, The New Tropic. And basically they're helping to get uh, the news out there um, in whatever format. So that means like right now people are asking for the news Mm. They like receiving the news mm-hmm. in the newsletter in their inbox, right? So they're not out seeking it. We've collected it for you, put it in the newsletter, we send it to you Monday to Friday. So if our users or our AKR readers tell us, I don't want to receive the news anymore via 
a newsletter, maybe I want it via text, we would find a way to get them the news via text. You know, like we're always constantly evolving. Like we're not always just going to be a newsletter. Um, okay. We create a platform for people to get the news and we try to talk to them in a manner that is quick, easy to digest and like in layman's terms, like, hey, here's the five things you need to know. And not only that, here's what to do with that information. And so you can go out and do something actionable with the information that we give you. Um, and yes, yeah, so trying to break down the news to make it easier for you to digest, for you to understand and do something with it. And then, um, uh, yeah, that's what I do. And what else do I have to tell you about it? So you've been with them since day one in yeah. Orlando. Yep. So in yep January of last year is when I signed with a parent company, and then we right. spent um, three weeks doing. Uh, so, well, I spent we spent a week. They visited me in Orlando. I've been in Orlando for where almost fourteen years now, and uh, we spent a week doing interviews with like seventy five locals in the area, asking them what they wanted to see in the news and 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 how they what they felt like was missing and what they wanted to see more of yada yada and so you say that, yada 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 yeah <laughs> no. <laughs> yes. right. um, but that led to uh, what became Pulp Town and right. and, um, and yeah so started sending out to the public in late March so it's literally just over a year it's about a year and a month. That's a lot. Mm -hmm. You've done a lot in a year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's always been important for me and nationally ingrained in me to want to share other people's stories. And growing up in small town Alabama, um, my grandfather had a uh, tool store, a hardware store, um, for a long time. My mom tried to make a gift shop work. My grandfather worked in like the local post office. My big mama worked for the newspaper, and my dad worked for um, one of the bigger companies in town, or it was a truck and service. And and so uh, when I go home now a lot of those business doors are closed and there are just empty buildings in my hometown so for me I want to be able to give back because we tried to support local it was like a thing early on when I remember when I was like 12 and 14 years old and there was like posters in the storefronts like support local shop local right and the thing is that um, an Ace Hardware came to town which didn't help with my grandfather's hardware store and then a um, Walmart opened up 30 minutes over and because we didn't have a Walmart and still don't um, and then a mall was like an hour away so people would start to travel out of town to go to those places and so local Local really suffered and uh, so so yeah now when I go home all these businesses are empty and it, and it sucks and so I guess my way of giving back too is with Pulp Town that I'm able to share people's stories and I feel like in Orlando there is a strong surge of like supporting local and, and all of that so that has been important for me because it feels like I'm doing my part even though I'm here doing it and maybe not in Alabama doing it. Fair enough. Mm -hmm. So I'm super passionate about it. Isn't yeah, it? I hear that. Long story long. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. So while you are here doing all the things, you also um, are doing a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the final topic is rest. Oh. Which is my favorite. Mm-hmm. Mm <laughs> I haven't seen it. <laughs> so it's something that I feel people don't talk about enough. And they don't do enough. You're pretty great at it and encouraging people to do it. I, what, I, thank you. Yeah. Slash, I hope so. Yeah. Because I think even in the past year, how important it has been for me. And I think rest is super valuable. Um, but I also want to hear from you as far as like 
Are there any practices that you have adopted to kind of rest, restore, renew, retreat? Um, how, what does like rest look like um, in your world? I mean, I wish my answer was like, oh, I sit in my room and I meditate and I burn a sage thing and like walking around a room and, right. and all of this amazing things. But uh, no, I would say that Rest is different for everybody. It is. And it's also where you are in that moment or in that week. Right? Yeah. Doesn't, it doesn't have to look like one. So for me, it usually includes Netflix and chill, like binge watching a show on the couch. Yeah. Um, Same. Yeah. But then I also feel worthless and like I have so many things I have to do. So I really struggle with being in the moment of rest. And sure. instead I'm like, oh my gosh, I wasted that whole day. Um, in my mind, I think that like if I'm going to rest, like, oh, I'd love to go have a beach day or all of those things. But again, I don't make time for those things, which sucks. So when I'm really at a point where I'm like almost sick from not resting, like to where like anxiety or like whatever else has come mm. into my life at that point, because my body is telling me like you need to rest, I will typically go do like a staycation somewhere, like go to a, like a beach place and stay for the weekend or a place in town or just get away just for a day or something like that. But that only happens like four, like not even four times a year. I'd say maybe twice a year. Okay. And sometimes again, it's like a six hour get away from my home or it's like, if I'm lucky, I can stay overnight somewhere. Right. Sometimes at a friend's house. So it's free. Hey, (laughs) (laughs) you still uh, have to take me up on my offer. That's right. The welcome house. The welcome house. Mm -hmm. Come on over. Yeah. Um, so within that, um, what kind of, I know maybe you touched on some of it, but what would maybe be like an absolute like dream day of rest before you? Oh man. Um, being all caught or up like on it, my, if you're in Orlando, maybe if like, I'm all caught up on my to-do list, which has, hasn't been possible in like 10 years. Okay. Um, a day of rest would mean that I could literally sleep without needing to check my phone and knowing that I might miss something or you know, what have you, did I forget to do this or what have you, so I could sleep in, um, or I don't even have to sleep in because I got such a good night of rest that I just wake up and ready to go okay. at like 8 a.m. Oof. Whatever those crazy people Never. do. Um, and I would like to go for a run, um, in the neighborhood and then not to like, not to, not that I want to die after. Um, and then I'd like for it to just feel easy and breezy and then okay. I would want I don't know a coffee shop maybe and then maybe I don't know do you have a, a coffee shop in town that you prefer you know, really, love I'm I really don't I like I appreciate they're all very different and I appreciate the, appreciate them all for their different so do you have a favorite coffee shop around town or someplace that you so I don't really. Okay. I like them all. Fair enough. How different they are. There's um, so so many. So many. <laughs> so many. Um, I would think that the one that I am enjoying the most currently is Easy Luck. Fair enough. So in the Milk District or Almond Milk District, whichever way you look at it. I don't know what that even means, <laughs> but okay. Um, it's where you know there's yoga and. And so that little corner is called the Almond Milk District? Yes, because mm-hmm. you have things like Market on South, yep. which is your vegan and um, go-to like healthy little marketplace. Yep. And then you have um, the Orlando Power Yoga uh, Juice Bar, and mm-hmm. then the coffee there. shop and the little 
So, Always around town. So they're calling that almond milk mm-hmm. district? They kind of refer to it as that. Because they're saying it's like the crunchy granola end... part of the milk district. Okay. <laughs> Great. I don't okay. know if that would be the right terms. Right. Even the milk district. I don't know. I don't know why they call it. I have to look it up. Okay. We can ask Jenny. Jenny DeWitt calls it that, too, from Towny Tourist. Fair enough. <laughs> Great. I, I mean, I, I thoroughly, obviously, enjoy that area because mm-hmm. it's my hood. It is. Yeah. I walk there. Yeah. Yeah. I should. I, yeah, I should. Or ride my bike. <laughs> If, okay. if not, I would be pretty ludicrous. <laughs> um, so coffee shop would be on your day rest. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And then other day stuff that I wish I could do on a day of rest. I don't know, read a book. I have one yes. that I haven't. <laughs> have not? Yep. Um, have you started it? I did. You did? Yeah. Good. And then I listened to your podcast instead. <laughs> oh, no. No. Competing no. talented friends. Um, no. But then, um, yeah, I would love to like reading. spend some time reading. Um, and I would love to go to the beach. I mean, these are just all the dream day rest days okay. that I haven't had in ever. <laughs> in know. ever? I mean, maybe. Maybe like a few times a year I do. Okay. But yeah. We gotta get that on the calendar. Yeah. So you can like set aside yeah. a t- chunk so that you feel like I'm turning my phone off, I'm turning my brain off, like I'm turning my, bo- my body off in a sense of like I really can check out and be able to like be with myself and mm-hmm. know like what do I need right now and how can I step back so that I can give, you know, my best self to the world, which is. I understand, like, sometimes jobs are very demanding, and not everybody has the ability to take a full 24 hours off, but what does that look like for you to say, like, in order for this job to continue, like, I know that I need some time for myself for Mm self-care, right, so that you can be like, okay, I'm awake, I'm alive, Mm -hmm. alert, I can give to this job what it's requiring because I'm going to be, like, a real human being instead of just working 16 hours a day and grinding myself into the ground which doesn't really help you or your job or the world or you know I feel myself sometimes getting to a frustrated place that I don't want to be yeah that person yep and so I know that it's like well I know that I have this you know sabbath coming up and that's where I feel like I can really turn off I mean it's not as easy as that sometimes, right? It's not easy to turn off your mind and your job and your emails and your texts. Mm-hmm. And it takes like intention and yep. it takes like a lot of time to even do it well, to Sabbath well and to turn things off and learn how to like the best practices of like, how do I be good at not letting work just be in my mind all the time. Yeah. Right. But sometimes you need to like force it with like a Netflix like extended, mm-hmm. you get lost in a story or you get lost in a book or you're like at the ocean where like nothing else can take your attention but the beauty of creation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I think like, that yoga, yoga church. I've just got my nephew. That's a good distraction. Too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Always mm-hmm. those little oh, delicious little children's. <laughs> So good. So as we wrap up, I would love to hear if there was one thing that you've learned in life or a piece of wisdom or something if you wanted to like spread 
a piece of yourself with the people that are listening to this, what would be like one thing that you would share with us? Um, so I think it's always important to unabashedly be yourself, um, and embrace that. And I am good at telling people to do that. Um, and I try to stick to doing it as well. Mm -hmm. Um, but I sometimes can, again, like sometimes I'll get in my head or lack confidence about something or anything like that, but I think it is so important to honor whoever you are, um, at the darkest and at the lightest of your days. Mm -hmm. Um, and I am a big believer in laughing as loud as you need to. Like, I mean, I'm a pretty big loud laugher. Fair enough. Um, and so I don't think you should, again, I think that's part of unabashedly being yourself, but I think just enjoy your life because one day you can't. And I think it's important to do it while you can and make the most of it and do all those things that people on their exit interviews say that they wish they had done more of, you know, so that you don't have those same regrets and stuff. So no yeah. regrets. Mm -mm. No, mm -hmm. no, no, regrets. no, no regrets. <laughs> uh -uh. <laughs> no. Tattoo plans anytime soon. Um, so I actually thought of some, but not with that word. Not really? no regrets on it. But. No regrets. <laughs> no. Mm -mm. Regrets. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. All the thanks for spending your evening with me. Yeah. And drinking and sharing and chatting and I life. I barely got to drink because I talk so much. Well, there's still time for that. So. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so thank you, Katie J, for thank being you. in Orlando and in my life and all the things and chatting with us tonight. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Dana Marie. For Always. Having and conversations. Here we are. <laughs> Thank you a million times over for listening to Cocktails and Conversation Podcast. I hope you have enjoyed all of it. If you have, would you do me a huge favor and rate, comment, and subscribe for more Cocktails and Conversation. 